welcome to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map. Each week it's games, news, and more from the classics to the current gen as we explore gaming's infinite ever-changing landscape. Check out the gaming adventure on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. waiting for this one a long time the first annual markers on the map top 10 plays of 2023 pre-show the first time we've ever done the pre-show roll out the red carpet here come the guests well this is the first pre-show yeah usually we just go straight into top 10 plays but like for last year i feel like there's some other things we we should mention uh enough i would say to have a pre-show that has more games that we're going to talk about in the pre-show very quickly than in the actual episodes. You know what's funny is I feel like I usually have way more like stuff to talk about, but I feel like this year for some reason, I don't know, it's just like I don't feel like there's a lot of pre-show things I could talk about. It would be here and there, but I actually don't have a lot of things to talk about, but yeah, I don't know, we'll see. I'll jog your memory with a few in a little bit later on in the episode, but I have to say that last year was, like, a very impressive year for games, but it's also a year where, like, there were too many. There are so many games from last year that I still haven't gotten to play yet. Um, I want to play, like, Baldur's Gate 3 at some point, but with, like, Dragon and Persona 3 coming, you know, on the, like, in the next couple of weeks, I don't have time for a 100-hour game when, you know, those two 100-hour games are headed our way. Um, Alan Wake 2 I haven't gotten to play yet. Um, like a dragon, the man with the, who, like, uh, the, (laughs) the man who sold the world. (laughs) Oh, The man who erased his name. (laughs) I forgot. Oh, I have that too. I forgot. <laughs> I f- oh yeah, I have you that do and, on the on the PC Game Pass. And right? I for, I forgot. I have. I played like a dragon this year. I totally forgot. Oh. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, that was like way early on. That was like, whoa. Because we, we did that episode where we like returned to like a dragon and God of War Ragnarok because you had played those um this year. It did. Uh, oh hey, look who's coming down the carpet, Green Badoof. He's gonna walk by. He's gonna go take a seat got all the all all of our all of our you know cast of characters coming through here there's the copy of a team on blu-ray one day it will be mine copy of what a team on blu-ray a team it can it can be a oh, guest man. <laughs> oh i have a team i haven't thought about that show in forever i mean <laughs> They were watching it on, on an episode of Ted, so I, my memory was jogged, and then I was like, I still don't have that the Blu-ray of eighteen, but that's just besides the point. That's. <laughs> I, I wonder. I want to know why they don't do TV shows do four K sets. Dude, I know it took them forever to do that on Blu-ray. H- here I am derailing the. <laughs> Especially on an episode when we got so much to talk about. Ugh. But yeah, this is Markers on the Map, the weekly podcast gaming adventure, where this week we are doing a pre-show like they usually do at Game Awards. And since I think our um, 
top 10 plays of the year is the most important game show award thing of the year um we're gonna do a pre-show just like they do a jeff show and all those other shows so my name is daniel and i'm here with my good friend and co-host robert to whom the question remains as always even on these special episodes how you doing aside from you know <laughs> tired i'm very tired uh not from the podcast from something else but just very tired so uh been watching a lot of awesome games done quick uh, oh yes when i have the so chance I've, I've been catching yeah, same here. runs here and there i just saw the ones i can recall we i watched clock tower yeah clock tower was great i miss the donkey kong country run but i did see the 64 run mm-hmm uh, so there's a couple here, like I said, I've been watching, that's been pretty alright, so that's pretty good, like, background noise when I, like, there's a run that just kind of like, okay, th- oh, I saw that Thousand Year Door run, too. Oh, I, I did not that. see the Thousand Year and Door then the run. Sunshine How long, what was the, what was the time on that two, It was like a two-hour, est- I think I didn't finish it, because I was like, it was like very late, so I was like, I had to go to yeah. bed, but it was like a two-hour estimate run. The ones I want to catch up on the VODs with are the Awful Block, where they run the games that aren't I that good. I saw a couple so they... of those. That so one did was you see funny. Beetlejuice? No, I didn't see Beetlejuice. They played this one game that was like a a, a, a game show that was like only in UK and America never got it. It was like a okay, video yeah. game. Oh, Awful those Block was amazing. See. They did Sneaking to write the Burger King game for the Xbox 360. I don't, I don't remember seeing that one, but they probably did do it. I don't doubt it. Yeah. The awful block is usually my favorite. I remember they did like the dominoes, like avoid the noid a couple years back. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that was my introduction to the awful block. Um, yeah, I like, I like when they run. I think they did Ninja Gaiden for Game Gear. That's something I want to see. I saw that's, that actually. That's not a, Oh, was that, was that a good one? Was that, I know. That was actually, I was like, this is Ninja Gaiden, but this is not, I was like, what is this? I was like, oh, it's Game Gear. And they also did the other Ninja game for the NES. It's like a, uh-huh three dimension like the character can walk in like uh, open settings and like oh god <laughs> left and right up and down you know south and west and stuff like it's very like weird i forgot what it's called but yeah they played that game as well yeah it was actually that was really but i uh digress awesome awesome games done quick by the by the time this episode goes up it probably should be done yeah the 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 event ends um the day we're recording actually i think they're gonna wrap it up with like a final fantasy 5 run as the finale which is an mm-hmm. interesting choice but i dig it like i dig it they've done chrono trigger um as a finale before so when they do those like longer games and, and like at summer games done quick it's usually like a super metroid race or something at the end because super metroid is like the definitive speed running game um but yeah, I don't know. There's some something about we always talk about. It. It's like I wish I could like break a game so hard to do something like clear Elden Ring, no combat, in sixteen and a half minutes. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, that. But uh, yeah, me per uh, least, I'm doing. I guess like you know, it's tired. What about you, Dan? How, how have you been? I'm I'm all right. Uh, I have been also pretty tired. Um, this week I finished a playthrough of Red Dead Redemption. Mm-hmm. and um started a little bit of undead nightmare mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. got back into a few other things i bought another code recollection for the switch which is the remake of the old ds game trace memory as well as the sequel for Wii, which i believe never came to america um i don't have too much to say about that yet and obviously today's not the day to talk about that game but um I- i've been doing that and you know playing a little bit of fall guys here and there and a little bit of modern warfare 3 although i am done with uh, the battle pass they added a new section of the battle pass with like a new weapon or something that i did so uh-huh. 
not not too much. I've, I've been building a few Gundams too, so <laughs> my free time has been well spent, I think, this week. But we got some things to talk about in regards to the pre-show for next week's two-part episode. Um, so next week and the week after will be the top 10 plays of 2023. We always take time to do two parts, five games in each episode. And we'll usually have like a runner-up. Today we're going to talk about our runner-ups. But I've also got some fun categories that um, I think would be interesting. So the first category I would like us to talk about is the most exciting news story of 2023. And I have selected Uh two for each of these things. And for this one, I chose one that I thought might have been your most exciting news story and one that maybe you'll agree was my most exciting news story. So for you, last year's most exciting news story was the, in my opinion, was the reveal of Metal Gear Solid Delta, a remake of Snake Eater coming to next generation consoles. Uh, I did two things that i said i would do three things that day if that ever happened i would eat my hat (laughs) i would do a backflip and you know i would you know put faith back in the gaming gods i have yet to do my backflip and how was the hat (laughs) uh uh as long as it wasn't the g4 one because i don't think i can i don't think i can forget that oh man but like ah that was just it was one of those moments where it's like I really did hope for days like these, so I'm just hoping it's it's great. I don't I don't want good. I want great. I want the best. I want. There is a lot riding on this. This, this game is without a shadow of a doubt in my top three of all time. Three is up there as top three of all time. So it's just one of those things where it it, it doesn't have to play different. It just could look good, and that would work enough. But hopefully they add way more stuff like they did in Phantom Pain and build on that and really flesh out the gameplay to modern times and and visuals because I've seen the the pre-alpha footage, and it just looks so good. It is so it's like a lot for me is right now. This is one of those times where I haven't been very excited for a game in a long time. And this is one of those games where I'm very... I think the last game I was very excited was Red Dead Redemption 2. And that was, what, 2018? Yeah. That was a while ago. So it's very, very very high expectations from, from my end. Yeah, that was a, a very big... From the moment I saw the initial bug, I knew exactly what was going on. I said, I know exactly who's on top of this food chain. <laughs> it, it feels like that might have been, like, your Persona 6 moment. Like, for me, that's yeah. probably how I'd react... Um, to like a persona 6 announcement although like metaphor kind of looks like it's gonna fill that gap and persona 6 is probably still a ways away um so before i tell you mine do you have a guess was it the 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 hit movie borderlands the movie coming out <laughs> supposedly was it that no and i feel like that was like three years ago when yeah. that got announced i'll give you one more guess it's about a game it happened earlier on in the year a switch game Delhi premonition three <laughs> Hey, you know what? I actually would actually be interested in that. No, it was Metroid Prime Remastered oh. being announced at the Nintendo Direct. I had it was visceral for me. Yeah, I, had, I remember. I, I was. I had right. like visible tears. I can remember down. exactly that day. I didn't. I don't think I worked that day. I think I, I took the day, or I just I didn't work that day. You worked, or mm-hmm. or I I, I think 
I, I I don't remember either. Oh, I did you work. watch the direct? I watched, watched it the direct bef- before yeah. me, and then we rewatched it live, right? You you came to me that day talking about Robert. I'm so tired, man. You're like I'm I'm tired. I'm, I'm like I'm, I'm I'm a little depressed. Like you're like it was like the worst. Like I, I don't know, just like I, I'm I don't know, man. And when I tell you in my head, I said there's an announcement in this called Metro Prime that Shadow drops today digital. And I know how you've been talking about this game for so long. And so I literally, all I said was, trust me, Daniel. I said, whatever is announced in this, you will 180 and do a backflip. And I'm pretty sure, like, it sounded like you did a backflip because you were just up in the air. He said, I got to download this right. Because, like, I I did. I immediately went and dropped the $40 for the digital and then pre-ordered the physical. (laughs) Yeah, because I said, Shadow, I said, releasing today, I said, okay, he's like, this This will definitely bring up his mood today. Yes, that that was a moment. Like, between that and the Dread reveal reveal a few years back, I feel like the Metroid announcements are what, like, gets me more than Mm -hmm. anything. Those are, like definitive news stories or announcements from nintendo directs and i have to say this was one of the best and it was a pretty good direct too if i recall anyway it was like it was one pretty of the solid more, it, was, it was one of the more better ones we have hit or miss directs um but um i don't know if it's me just like looking at prime but that was a that was a solid direct mm. and it, there was still stuff they announced afterwards like you said i remember you saying it was like that was a big thing in the middle of the show then they had a little bit of a lull and then they hit well, you what with was more it stuff. the end yeah. that yeah prime was like in the middle of the show i think it was uh breath of the not breath of the wild uh tears, tears of the, of the kingdom? kingdom i think was was yeah. that that same i think it was i don't know they might have had like a teaser for it but i'm not I'll have to go back and check. I know that one or Pikmin started Four. With, like, it was it was Maybe. either Pikmin Four or Tears of the Kingdom having a really big announcement in that same direct. So it was like it was a pretty big direct. Yeah. So yeah, that was a good one. Now we get into the actual game categories. So the first one I will do is uh, let's start with the best DLC. I have two choices here. I have Mario Kart Eight uh, Booster Course Pass as the mm-hmm. first one. I would consider this to be one of the greatest DLCs ever made because it takes all the awesomeness of Mario Kart 8 and completely doubled our tracks. It went, we went from 48 to 96 over the past yeah. two years, and these are no these tracks are no slouch. These are some of the no. most finely tuned, well-designed, and sometimes remade from the ground up courses from the old Mario Kart games, and they've even thrown in a cool, like, five or six new ones. Um, like that one that takes place in a bathroom or like the Christmas one, like they're new characters. Mm -hmm. Um, you've got, and they like were sneaky about it. You thought, okay, there's going to be a couple. And then they add that triple threat at the end of Pauline, uh, Diddy Kong and Funky Kong. They added Peachette too, who's fine, but I would have preferred Dixie Kong. Um, but I don't think there's much to complain about because this DLC was $25. Yeah. So that's the, that is quite literally the cherry on top. $25 $25 DLCs in some games. I'll give an example. Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops. To buy a, a zombie map, it was, what, 15 20 bucks. If you bought the season the pass, packs or 60, whatever, yeah. yeah. And that was one map, a couple multiplayer maps, and that's it. Mario Kart really said, you know what? We will double the amount of tracks we have with full fleshed out maps. Bringing in some ones that people have wanted from previous other games. And it was like, oh, we won't do characters. And then I don't know. It said, yeah, we'll do characters. We'll throw those on top. 
for I feel like the only thing it's missing from tour at this point is like all the cool costumes. Like you can play as like yeah. the 16-bit versions or like all the outfits you can have in tour. But I guess there's got to be something to draw people to tour. But yeah. tour is going to end pretty soon, so it is. maybe the next Mario Kart will have like costume selections. I really like some of those costumes. Yeah, but for that all that basically the you basically bought an entirely other game. Because yeah. it's doubling the maps, literally it, double the maps. Yeah, so you bought you bought like the same game, but only for twenty five dollars. Yeah, you're 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 expanding the game so much to where I think four courses. So what? Each four of them, four courses in each, so sixteen new courses. I think that which is how it was in yeah. the first DLC for Mario Kart. 8. Exactly. It's like I think the people would have been like, oh yeah, that's fine, but it, it doubled the amount. And so it's yeah. just it's crazy to think about that. that it really... And it kept the highest selling game on the Switch in people's Switches constantly in the rotation for two other like two additional years. Like mm-hmm. this year will be the tenth anniversary of the Wii U release of Mario Kart Eight. Oh, this game is going for ten years. Ten years. Don't remind me about that. I remember when the game was new. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Um. So yeah, it can join the ranks of those paid DLCs that have more content than you you than than is mm. like it, it's totally worth the price put it up there with witcher 3 blood and wine and like phantom liberty where you know those are like 30 hour campaigns for 20 30 bucks um the other dlc i think is the the, the best of the year is valhalla for god of war ragnarok this is a free dlc which adds like a five six hour story epilogue to god of war and an addictive roguelike mode that actually makes the combat seem better than it is in the main game so while we do have problems with ragnarok's like in-game combat and like certain puzzly exploration elements Mm -hmm. valhalla really i enjoyed valhalla like it made me feel like i i I could play a full-on, like, 20-hour game with these same mechanics. Um, it, it, it more or less funnels you through combat and makes the uh, encounters more engaging, putting you in more small arenas and letting you experiment with the weapons and abilities that you want to, as well as the random perks that get added on um, through the run. And obviously, without spoiling it, one of the greatest completion rewards in... ever. Yeah, it's... It's one of those things where you thought $25 for doubling your map was good. Talk about a free DLC that is way more fleshed out than some paid DLC. And to and I would say that this DLC gives a solid... Here's the thing. The, the, the vanilla just base game has sort of two different endings. There is one ending. There is like one ending. But there is like you can get... They're okay. I think the 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 first one that you achieve when finishing the game is the better out of the two because it doesn't give a definitive end to to say. Because I said there is kind of a it's, it's one of those things where it, like you can still clean up the game and stuff like that. Yeah. For this one to be the way it played out is one of the best endings, and I think it is the definitive ending to this game. Yeah. It, and it really puts closure on things without closing things. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's not 
I don't, I don't want to spoil it. It's one We're not going to spoil I, it. Yeah, don't worry. I can't, it's, I'm trying to figure out my wording so I don't spoil it for some people. But it, it gives, I'll just say it gives an ending, but the way you did put it, it gives an ending but doesn't finish it in a weird way. It's one of those things where it, it's it's the end, but I'm not going to say, I'm not going to digress anything more like that. It's the ending. Basically, do yourself a favor and play this free DLC for God of War Ragnarok. I yeah. liked it better than the main game. <laughs> I, I also think... We have to do a Ragnarok episode. We still have yet to do a we Ragnarok do. episode. I'm going to replay it, actually, because that completion reward, I want to use that. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Like, uh, I'll probably buy a separate copy and play that Ragnarok. Or you can just borrow mine again, probably. <laughs> After sitting for my, in my, like, bro, I had it for, like, months, and I literally said, oh, yeah, I borrowed this from you. And it's, like, it wasn't, like, just rotting there. It wasn't, like, out in the open. I had it in its case just kind of put away. So I was, like, oh, yeah, like, it's just, like, it's just kind of sitting here. It's, like, oh, yeah, it's, like, you want that back? And you're, like, yeah. like yeah. You know, I mean, you know how I feel about Ragnarok week, from, from last year's the week I, I was, like, it, you know what? It's fine, but it's not my favorite. <laughs> the week I give it to you, they literally said, oh, yeah, we're dropping some new DLC, some free DLC for it. <laughs> I remember when I first let you borrow that, it was when my copy of Fight Crab came in the mail. Yes, when was that? That was... I, April. It was this, April. Yeah. It was April. I didn't return it till like, November. <laughs> so, so, so I was like, oh, man, it was sitting there for a while. I, I forgot about it, too. I was like, wait a second. My God of War Ragnarok. You got my God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, but it was like... Case. Yeah, it wasn't like it was <laughs> I like... I always let people borrow games in the red out case because, man... Right out. <laughs> we already know. Yeah, we know about cases and all that borrowing. But it, it, it just sat on my shelf. Like, it was really with my other collection. I was like, oh, yeah, like, I have Ragnarok. <laughs> anyway, yeah, totally a great DLC. But what was um, better? Because are we talking about which one was the better DLC? Well, I have them as ties. Yes. If I was going to say what is better, if we, if we have to make a choice, Mario Kart 8. Mario uh-huh. Kart 8 is... Uh, revolution as far as dlc goes mm-hmm. that is the might be the best dlc they've ever done for anything yeah um the next category i have here in these bonus categories is fun to run and these were games that we ran together um one of them is sonic superstars yeah um and i'll talk about that in the in a second the other is vampire survivors just so they are both out here so let's start with vampire survivors vampire survivors is fun enough alone but when we did that run and we we did did clear we did clear it um it was cool you take turns leveling up and there's nothing but pure chaos going on in the screen like any run of vampire survivors but Uh i don't know i i i feel like you I feel like in that moment, you understood, like, what makes Vampire Survivors so fun and addicting. Yeah. Uh, what, what made it fun is what every game should try to do is you just pick it up and it works. And you can just understand how everything works and you can just play it. Being very open to everybody is a very great thing for games it's like if you could just pick it up and play without having to have such a skill-based learning curve it's great that's why you get people who are like man i can't get into this game because i don't know how to un-. it's like how some people don't want a pc game because they're like i don't know how to do mouse and keyboard like that stuff's very confusing and it, it, it is it is a very like you just can't you can't give someone you know 20 years on a on a, on a pad and then you give them here's a mouse and keyboard play they're gonna be like how does this work what do i do 
Like, but, when I tried Borderlands 3 on your PC, I used the mouse and keyboard, and I said, you know what, can we plug the controller? Yeah, that's what I was like. It, it's one of those where people, some people just don't have time to to learn that. So, a game like this where you literally just pick it up. I have never played a game like this before, but I picked it up and I was playing it like if I was playing this game for years. So, it's like, it it just clicks in super easy to, to for people to play, and it's enjoyable. It's one of those things where no one, nobody suffers from winning nobody says ah shucks i won everyone says i so it's 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 great to just pick up a game and just say you know what i just want to win i just want to just do some crazy stuff and just and just have fun and there's yeah. nothing Even wrong when with you lose fun. at vampire survivors i feel like you win because everyone's a winner just that fun yeah it's one of the things where not everything has to be a competition competition is always a good thing in the sense of the the thrill of it and the fun but Sometimes everyone just needs a break and says, you know what, let me just step away from stuff that is draining me a lot and just play something that is just fun. No matter if I win or lose, it's fun. Yeah. And then on the other side of fun to run, we have Sonic Superstars. Now, you and me, uh, so I bought Sonic Superstars and you and me played it in in one day. One day. Um, co-op. And then I went home and over the next couple of days, I did a solo run using Amy. Mm-hmm. Now, the the interesting thing about Sonic Superstars to me is that it is very much marketed as a co-op game with up to four players. Um, but we noticed on our playthrough, and like we haven't actually talked about Sonic Superstars on the show yet. So that's something you know that that will be coming up at some point. Um, but the amount of like visual glitches or confusion i think it like we had during the co-op run where it's like one person is like zipping ahead and like restoring like obviously the camera's not able to stick on while somebody's running ahead the camera has to follow somebody so like one person gets pulled ahead could you imagine that with three other people i can't it's just too much going on so like we we had this moment early on in sonic superstars where there is a level where, like, the gimmick of the level is that it's dark and you have to turn on lights and everything. And it was so confusing to do this with with two players. Whereas I went on my single-player run and did that level, and I think that is one of the top three levels in the entire game. That is a fantastic level. And that's not something that the co-op highlighted. (laughs) Yeah, so it's it's funny because how are you going to say, yeah, this is a a, a, everyone-can-play-at-the-same-time four-player game? When previous games had that, where you play as Tails or Sonic, but instead of it being on one big screen, it would do the half screen if you're yes. couch co-oping. So, yes, your screen is a little small or whatever it may be, but you're able to explore the map on your own free without having being dragged by another person, either going far ahead of you or falling behind, stuff like that. How come we have... Even, like... It's just it's just baffling that they haven't figured out that on an online settings, dr- the dream setting is you have your own screen and you won't have to follow anybody. Only the game only the the game figures out it's only focusing on you because you're the player in that console. But my other point is why can't they just do the whole half screen and then whenever we separate it half screens and then. I'm on my own doing whatever I'm doing, and then you're doing your own thing, yeah. doing whatever you're doing. I feel like that's something that they could have achieved with this. It's not like that. It's not like that hadn't been done, you know, back in seventh and eighth yeah. gents. Um, even some older games, like like Lego games, do that. Lego games have like exactly. the screen will kind of like split off um, when you get too far away from. Your, the Short your Humans Two partner. did that. 
The Shuriken Mitsu remake literally lets you couch co-op. It'll split the screen in half, and you can just explore. You can be on one side of the map and the other player. Because the original, you were forced to be together. But like how with this, like you're forced to be together. But it's just one of the things where I don't know. It felt maybe like a, a, a half idea. Just like yeah, it was four players at the same time, but you know they have to stay together. Yeah. Um, but going back to the, the, the basis of the category, it was very fun to run. I did enjoy that. I enjoyed, well, I didn't enjoy the frustration, but it was kind of funny that we were both getting very upset at certain bosses. <laughs> um, yeah. and then ultimately you ended up, you know, beating those bosses because I, I couldn't, I just couldn't, but I ended up beating them on, um, on the, on the single player because it's, it's a little less chaotic, mm. but I got to admit that game feels based around Amy. That double jump feels like it is clutch in every, any and every situation. Um, but, you know, there's a, there's a few misses with it for me. Um, some of the zones are a little more bland. Some of them could have been longer or better. And I think the, I think the weakest element is actually those power-ups that you got to use. Um, uh-huh. I found myself just ignoring them. Like the one where all the clones come out or the one where you can go up water or whatever. I'm like, you know what? I'm playing to go fast. I just want to with sonic there's so much in every level but i'm just trying to get from point a to point b that's how i've always been with sonic that's mm. why i've never been able to do the emeralds or get platinum trophies See, or whatever it's so funny and that's how sonic's whole gimmick is the motion of the game is always continuous and you don't have to stop to do needless things but yet most of it after the first couple areas is just needless yes things and the speed and, and is platform. the reward yeah and so I, it, I feel like that's why Sonic Three is the best one because it has the best balance between you doing tasks and like getting on with the level. Yeah, it's, it's just it's weird. That's that's the whole point of Sonic's gimmick. See, in the very famous game Rocky Rodent, Rocky Rodent would have let you just stop and just do anything around. Yeah, it's not <laughs> cool to stop and wait around. No, but uh, <laughs> it's yeah, it's we it's just weird because like I said, I feel like as. For first Sonic, what's that one area that's like all column theme? The the um, Law, it's the like water it's, one, right? It's like or water and lava. About, um, oh yeah, that's the second level. That's um, I'm forgetting the name of the marble marble zone. Yeah, so think about this. It's like that. You're is like such pushing a, boxes. Yeah, you're <laughs> so slow pushing stuff around just regular platform where it's just like, and Sonic doesn't have walk run. He's always in full force running motion. So. It's hard to control a character that's always running because, you know, you maybe want to just go a little bit forward, but this character will go at the speed of sound, so he's going to just go full blast forward. So it's like, slow down. Like, I, I just want to go a couple feet in front of me or a couple inches in front of me. Yeah. Actually, this is reminding me of something I read a while back where I, I was reading, I guess, that Green Hill Zone in Sonic 1 was, like, the last level they designed. So all the lessons they learned from you know designing the levels of sonic and speed and all that could be applied to the very first thing that people um play when uh-huh. they start up sonic the hedgehog one um but yeah Son- sonic superstars I-, I thought it was fun to run um but definitely a game that i think shines more in in the single player setting it's it's a it's an yeah. interesting thing when its whole marketing definitely. thing was was uh co-op yeah, um, the other one I have for fun to run, just wanted to toss this in there, was Alan Wake because um, I do enjoy any game we run for, like, the special Halloween episodes or, like, when we do a, you know, an episode. Like, when we ran Donkey Kong Country. Like, if we ran that this past year, that would also be, you know, in fun to run. Um, yeah. But 
The next category I have is the worst game of oh, 2023. The worst game. Back for Blood. And I have I have two <laughs> I have two choices here. The first Oh, I guess if we're gonna if we're gonna rank it, what what was more fun to run, Sonic Superstars or Vampire Survivors? I'm gonna say Vampire Survivors. Vampire Survivors, it, it, <laughs> more chaotic fun. Yeah. Uh, so worst game. The first one. You haven't played it, but you can imagine. Need for Speed oh. Unbound. Oh. What a mess of a game that just does not want the player to have fun or be able to get money to buy new cars or to be able to even customize uh-huh. or keep up with the game or to win races what a complete i mean and the problem is it looks really good but what a complete disaster in my opinion need for speed unbound is to the point where it's like after 10 hours i might have had enough money to upgrade my car <laughs> or maybe buy a really cheap new one and i'm like i hadn't gotten any first places because even on easy mode the ai is just determined to make you because the, there's this system in the game that's like, oh, bet money if you can get this place, and then it, would, it will go out of its way to make sure that you suffer Here, from the can, grind of losing races. <laughs> can you buy parts with real money? No. Okay, no, that's weird. Because I feel like an uh, easy answer to that is if you is like, oh, you know, you could race this, you know, race and get this, or you could buy the 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 game token currency and use it to yeah. upgrade your car like that the, the so game that's just weird seems determined to make you feel the struggle and why would i want to feel the struggle playing a racing game that's so anti the, the, the real me. struggle of of real life like underground street racing where it's yeah. like stuff expensive like yeah parts are expensive man plus but, the drift events where you're like going through like boxes and it is so boring in this i just this was such a mess this was honestly need for speed we've had bad. this discussion where need for speed 2015 if the campaign was longer and it had a daytime settings that would be one of the best need for speeds to date and also yes. and right and uh rivals was, was rivals was is still my favorite of the need for speed games dream like um, literally it's so simple how easy a great need for speed game could be it's 2015 was great it had good mechanics it had good vehicle selection it was the extension of rivals for, yeah for what it's worth it just I wish it had a daytime setting as well. I but I still dig the nighttime settings too. The scenery was very good. Yeah. Uh I, I always right. prefer when things take place in the day. Like I was thinking about that earlier this week playing Red Dead Redemption um one. I was like, it is so dark at night. If you don't have the blinds in your room closed and the sun is shining in, you can't see a thing when it's night in red dead redemption one so i was like i was always trying to reset my time so it would be day yeah it's it's weird but i think back for blood still was worse oh back for blood yeah dude (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah back for i don't know about you know what's crazy i want to i know that was like two or three years ago at this point but man i want to put a certain thing in that same category but this will i think we would generally fight over this well, I, does it have something to do with the other game I have up for? No, I don't know what the other game is, but I have a personal game that I said this wasn't it, Chief, and I think we generally are gonna like fight over this. But I want to hear what's oh, the God. second one. Uh, Saints Row. Oh, you know what? Yeah, Saints Row actually might be worse. <laughs> You're right. Never mind. Oh my God. Yeah, I forgot. I bro. have no word. I have I... no words. What a bad. Fr- I mean. 
you a game can have a bad first impression and turn into the best game ever. Mafia made. Three doesn't have the best first impression, but it turns around and they updated it to where it's very well done. It, you know, it's it's solid. This game, I don't Saints know, Robo. No. Oh my it's, god! And it's it's sad because the studio shut down, but you know it may not. You know, it's just one of those things where it may not have been their fault. It may not have the best resources. It's definitely an embracer mess up. Yeah. Um. But oh my! I I I've I think very, it was embracer. I'm not. Here's the thing. I think it was. I have played terrible games that people will tell you it's the most terrible thing ever. Naughty Bear. Uh, this uh, a video game about a, a, a certain game for the PS3 that you and me both know I have that I just it's terrible considered but I it goes for pretty decent you know what I'm talking for me about. I always think about Sengoku Basara for PS3 that IGN gave like a 3.5 I'm like no yeah. this is one of the best Dynasty Warriors type games I've ever played I I would hook my PS3 up years down the line just to play that game I have like PS2 games I know people probably like hate and they're just like yeah they're not the best so I still find enjoyment in terrible games like I said like 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 not bear it's like considered to be a, it's very buggy it's very terrible but i still find enjoyment uh, terrible games of all time yeah uh it's funny because they brought on back to dead by day that's why i probably brought it up but ah, yeah, yeah. my thing with this very few moments in my life where i've played or watched something and i said man turn this off take this off my screen i don't i'm uninstalling this right Saints Row did that where I said, man, if I would have paid full price for this game, I would have walked straight back to the store and just been like, you better give me my money back or this is being <laughs> chucked at the, I'm chucking this in the, in the, in the big garbage uh, bin because, oh, it was just, it was bad. Yeah. And it's not Something settings. about the way it felt to play the moment to moment in that opening mission Yes. Felt like I was holding on to like air. It felt so weightless to me. I really don't like bashing on games, but I tell you I could not handle this. I don't even there's co-op in this, right? I don't even think that there I was. don't even think we'd have enjoyed it playing this one co-op. Uh no, I played it with with a friend that you both uh know that listens to the podcast and we literally were like, we, we we always find enjoyment in anything we could. We'll hop on GTA Online and just do the dumbest things because it's like, and we'll find enjoyment out of that. We couldn't do that. We're like, bro, turn this. We're both both yeah. of us just like, bro, turn this off. Just it, it get, was bad. Don't. But it you got me ba- curious as to uh, what what this one that we'll we'll disagree on is. <laughs> I think Metroid Prime was was not it, Chief. Oh. I and it's not that the gameplay was bad. The gameplay is good. The the visuals are very good. I don't like the I dislike the lack of direction in the game. Oh, so well, I get lost and I'm just like I don't know what to do. And but the thing is, I know you're gonna be like, well, just look up a guide. I feel like he, a game should not. You shouldn't be forced to look up a guide to complete a game. Hear me out. That's actually always been my problem with Metroid Prime One and Two. I have the same issue. And. Not to spoil anything on my top 10 or anything, but it's there somewhere. But it does come with the caveat that I tend not to want to put games on that list Yeah, where I have to use a guide. But Metroid Prime in general does outshine. It, it, it's a testament to how good the game is to where I wouldn't mind using a guide. However, yeah. I have always wished with 1 and 2 specifically, because 3 is very linear, but with 1 and 2 specifically... That I could get through this without a guide. 
which is why I'm going to try and replay it at some point and use the guide a little less. But like that, I I, I don't fault you for that. That's yeah. a problem I have with Metroid Prime yeah. One and Two as well. So Clarify. I, I, we 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 won't disagree with that. I, Clar- valid criticism. Clar- clarification. Saints Row and 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 uh, was, uh <laughs> are worse. They are far worse games. But it's just yes. that for me having a very lack of direction of what to do yes. or where to go and very and you need like I say I feel like if you need a guide it's not believe be worth me playing. I use a guide for lack of direction in many things including Souls games Zelda games what have you it, because it is a valid criticism I I put myself in the position if if I was well I was if I was a 6-year-old boy playing on a GameCube and I put in Metro Prime I would have been lost and I couldn't afford to go on the internet to look it up yeah. because I didn't have a computer or a, a guide. I would have been like, I'm just lost. I'm going to play the same level over and over again. It's like, I guess I beat the game because there's nothing I can do. So here's what we'll do. We'll make a quick category with that. So worst games, Need for Speed and Saints Row. I think Saints Row takes it by a little. Sadly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we'll do games that have a, a, a lack of direction that can be frustrating in that <laughs> way. We'll say Metroid Prime Remastered and we will say Tears of the Kingdom because I think that's fair and, <laughs> to say and, any Zelda open air game like that is like a mess of like if I don't know where to go. <laughs> it, it's not, it's, it, it's like how you don't have to, you don't have to hold my hand but tell, show me how like Ragnarok does where it has like main story, side story. You could do this and it's kind of in this area. You know, like it's here, just kind of head towards there and you kind of figure it out. I think like that is much better than telling you exactly yeah. like it i don't want the game to be a roller coaster where it, it it does certain things at a certain time and it, it holds my hand throughout the ride but i also don't want to just be thrown into uh, a maze room and just being like well what do i do i don't know figure yeah. it out it's just like i have no really instruction or guide where to go i don't know figure it out i rather Prime one does like, that that um early 2000s design where it's like this is a short game but you know what it's labyrinthine um the maps is what gets me because like there is a map yeah. in metroid prime one but the three me and 3d maps it's hard it's like the it's like the um pre-sequel situation where the maps were more um vertical than vertical yes. horizontal and there was a lot of like paths where like oh i'm going the right way and then you like tilt the map or something you're like oh i'm underneath where i'm supposed to be metroid prime has mm-hmm. a lot of that because it's a 3d map but it is not detailed so you have to kind of like gauge where you are and it's not got like platforms or things on the map so understandable criticism of prime one it has always been my criticism so you know what we we're, we won't disagree on that we will agree oh <laughs> uh, it says because i'd probably be like it it's just it it looks good like I said, there's so much good about, but it's just like I said, the lack of kind of figuring stuff out. And another thing, that, I think there's another thing about Mega Man Two that makes it difficult is the whole certain uh, mans have yeah. abilities well, like and they counter certain better ones and do certain things. So it's one of the things where it's just having forcefully confusing the player to to be like what, and it being a really really just dumb thing to like do that in the sense of like you need this specific thing to do this but we're not gonna hint at what it is i want to like i want to hint i don't want the answer but i would yeah, prefer Prime one hint. has so much backtracking i had to backtrack when i thought i had gotten something because i forgot to click it so it's there's definitely some like, yeah that's like that more older kind of philosophy to that i've said this before we should do a prime one run 
each where the other person is reading the guide off to the other so we don't have to like be looking at our phones. Yeah, we've talked about that for a while actually. We for- yeah. I forgot about that. But we have talked about that for a while. But yeah. uh any other bad game besides those two? Besides Prime is not a bad game, but it had a, No, no. It had, we'll put that with like... Zelda in the uh get lost easy. Yeah. Cuz I'm I'm the same way. I I have one more category. Uh-huh. And you've played one of these. The one you haven't played in this category, which is funniest game, is WarioWare Move It. Now, I played this with my sister. This game has the most unique use of Joy-Cons ever. You, mm-hmm. You're setting these things on the floor. You're flipping them around. You're holding them on your knees and stomping it. You're holding one. You're holding the right Joy-Con in your left hand so that the other hand is in front of the IR camera and you're playing rock, paper, scissors or like closing a bottle or like catching a ring on your finger, stuff like that. You're swinging this thing around. You're holding your arms out and like tilting. You're like holding... There's a million different things that this game is doing and it reads all very well. This feels like mm. the realization of like what they were going for with smooth moves um back on and on the wii but like it is just nuts watching like yourself do all these wild things and it's very accurate like it knows where the where these joy cons are so you're doing like the most crazy things in front of the screen and it's just such a blast having two people because there's games where it's like oh this is a game where you're having to like um like spray water to like get the dirt off something and the other person is having to um spin around because the joy con detects the motion of you spinning so it's like turn around i have to like wash your back or something and then i have to wash your face it's like something like that is just like you can't replicate that with any other game i think (laughs) this is an underrated classic of the year (laughs) funny game I, i think i think i know what the other one is uh yeah well what do you think the other one is it's the trump it's the trump uh trombone one it is it's trombone champ and so yeah. i played we've played this nothing funnier than a rhythm game that doesn't really seem to care about you getting perfect chains like this game is this game doesn't care it just wants you it to have it. fun the controls are a, such a mess and so inaccurate in in like unless you're playing high level obviously there's a way to get these to be accurate but if you're just playing to have fun you're everywhere. It wants an olo- a low note. You go high. It's just funny. It's funny. It, it has different. I remember we tried two different control settings. We tried two different ones. Which ones? Which one did I play? We're, we're- so you played the one with the stick, which I think yes. is probably the hardest one. Yeah, I rem- yeah, because it's not. It's it's just all over the place. Yeah, that 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 control scheme is all over. It has like four different control schemes. I think it's like yeah. Joy-Con. So joystick. they've got the ones where you move the Joy-Con up and down. There's ones where you use the stick. Um. There's one, uh, there's one. I know another one. There's one where you hold the Joy-Con like a trombone, the right one, and you uh-huh, move your hand back and forth on the IR camera. So again, these like funny games seem to have this thing where they use the IR camera. But like, I also think that's the hardest one. That was like, where do I put my hand to gauge like what if I should go high or low with my nose? Yeah. Um, but there's nothing funnier than playing like this super serious song on trombone, and then all of a sudden somebody tilts their stick or moves their Joy-Con up when they're not supposed to, and all of a sudden you hear a high note. And it's just funny. I mean, when me and my sister played it, she was like laughing the entire time. Um, there are like special trombone facts, which are totally real and not completely fake. Um, oh. <laughs> and a collection of <laughs> trading cards and, uh, 
Yeah. You know what? I bet this was probably the A-Team Blu-ray's most favorite game of 2023. <laughs> Remember when I got like a 0.8 seconds on Kirby? Well, how many seconds was it? It was something like that. Something like that. Yo, I forgot that that you game was last You forgot about that? Because that's when we played the trombone game. I was like, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I think my best I ever did on the 100 Kirby challenge was like two out of 100. So like second place, which I think is faster than that. But in the co-op set or in the in the 1v1 setting, that, that was a very impressive. I was like, okay, somebody literally, you literally had to have guessed to get that fast of a reaction time. No, my reaction time is that quick. Probably from pressing all those buttons in the Metal Gear Solid, the, the press oh, the triangle to escape. Right? Oh, yeah, don't remind me. The, wor- oh, I remember the worst part of every Metal Gear Solid game. The first one especially. There's no I was arguing like, with that. I'm For me, it was that. Peace Walker. For me, like, Peace Walker, I literally had to go onto the PS3 because um, I was playing on the PSP. So, so they had this thing called Ad Hoc Play, and I know I've talked to yeah. this about on the, on the podcast before. And have somebody online do PSP press triangle to get out. Peace yeah. part. Anyway, um, so funniest game. I cannot trombone. decide between those two. I'll, I'll say trombone. trombone for the sake of the show, but honestly, I, I feel like it's a it's a solid tie. Um, now, before we get into our runner ups, which is the last reward of the pre show, I have notable omissions. Notable omissions being games. I chose games that I th- I thought from the start of the year. 100% these will be on my top 10 and they ended up not being on my top 10. Um and I'm not going to like go into any serious detail about them cuz we've talked about them on the sh- we've talked about all of them on the show. Uh-huh. Um number 5, Tears of the Kingdom. Um it just I was hooked on it for about 2 weeks and I yeah. fell off because getting things set up in that game takes time and it's Weapon time durability. I weapon durability is still the worst thing (laughs) take off the weapon durability honestly i'd put this game maybe top five of the year um another notable omission number four star wars jedi survivor another jedi game that has one of the most incredible stories like there's nothing wrong with the story yeah there's nothing inherently wrong with the gameplay but it is such a mess of navigation it's one of those games with a 3D map that is just not up to par, I think. And it it felt more cumbersome to do traversal in this one because it was more of an open, you know, area designed game. An open area where you've got, like, a path you need to go down, but then, like, five other things you could do never sits well with me. Um, so that's a thing. And number three, Like a Dragon Ishin. A game I was excited for, but felt too archaic in terms of how the Like a Dragon series is evolving. It was more or less a straight remaster of the original Like a Dragon Ishin, um, so it didn't have those QOL things that things like um, Yakuza Six or even Zero had. In this, this felt like a very this felt like an older Yakuza game with a fresh coat of paint, and that was about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it had its great story moments. That's never a problem in Yakuza. It had its funny side stories and everything. But it was just taxing after a while to a point where I just wanted this to be over with. Um, number two, Diablo 4. Diablo 4 felt like it was going to be all the fun of 3 with like the classic things people loved from 2. And I feel like it's more 2 than 3 after playing 2. Like, the things people love from 2 
the customization, everything, but the difficulty of this made it feel like, and that's not to say it's hard. You just didn't feel uh-huh. like a level up mattered. Whereas in Diablo 3, the way progression worked made you feel more and more like the most powerful being in the universe with each level that you got. Numbers were flying everywhere. Attacks, you didn't even know where they would land. In Diablo 4, it's all a little more contained. But the leveling up and skill tree systems really kind of killed any interest I had in like keeping that in the rotation. That's not mm-hmm. to say I won't go back to it, but you know, my complaints with Diablo 4 I think are legitimate complaints that many people have. And number one on the notable omissions is Resident Evil 4. I've never been the biggest fan. This game does nothing to make me a bigger fan of RE4. This doesn't mm. this doesn't hit the highs of 2 and 3 for me. It's not a bad game, but it is more or less the same game, you know, people played in, in 05. I've played Resident Evil the uh, for the original one. I've beaten it. This is a triumph as far as remakes go but it is still resident evil 4 at its heart and i'm just not the biggest fan of resident evil 4 it it does mercenaries is awesome in this one though um way better than the original mercenaries um but i like i haven't played the dlc i'm not eager to continue to run this game i I wasn't like itching to replay it like i like i was back with um two three or even village i played a bunch of times um but yeah those are my notable omissions before we wrap up, we have runner-ups. Just real quick, we got runner-up games. Uh, for me, my runner-up is Sonic Superstars because I think my top 10 is just a little bit more solid than Sonic Superstars is right now. It's it's a fine game. There's nothing wrong with it. I, I still fairly enjoyed it, but I just think my other top 10 is... Like, my top 10 is just very solid to me. It's just one of those games where it was fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It was fun it, to run. It was fun to run, and it does have its like little headache moments here and there. Like I say, it, it felt way more as a solo game than a, a four-player co-op couch game. But other than that, I'm trying to think: was there really anything else I had as a runner-up? Uh, or like, yeah, runner. I don't think so. That, that might be it for me. I have a runner-up too. The answer may shock you: Fortnite. I mean, yeah, I did play that. Fortnite is, like... But it it's one of the things where... Fortnite is frustrating for me because Fortnite does these things where they'll have cool weapons and, and cool ideas and, and all this stuff, and then they just get rid of it for very mediocre things next season. Uh, and then they'll see, bring I haven't back had that, mediocre I haven't things. quite had that experience yet. So I hopped in with the OG, but before that we had played season... Chapter three, season three, I think the one with Optimus Prime. So we played that, and I was, I was like, I had an all right time with it, but I wasn't really interested until OG came out. Um, and then I was like, okay, this feels important to play the original Fortnite map, and the battle pass was all right. But I kind of like, I'm into the flow of the gameplay. The battle royale mode is fine. However, they added the racing, the Lego yes. mode, and the rhythm game, which yes, really elevated it for me. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, so I'm really big into rhythm games. Um, We'll we'll talk more about that next week, um, but the Fortnite festival was was pretty good, and like the battle royale itself is enjoyable. Um, I finished the battle pass for what uh, the chapter five season one already. Um, but uh-huh. I I thought I th- I think it's an okay game. I think it's good to have in the rotation, and if you're not 
So I get consumed with like wanting to finish the battle pass. I've actually enjoyed playing more after I finish the battle pass when I'm not worried about like raising levels or anything. It's funny how that works. Like same thing with Call of Duty. I- I've enjoyed yeah. being done with the battle pass and just playing the game for fun and not having to be on for like more than a couple matches if I need to. So like Fortnite is it's all right. I've won like three times at this point, um, but I'm not like going around getting like tons of wins all the time. Uh, I think it really gives a very nice touch, but not for 500 a song. Oh, fi- yeah, it's a lot. I bought the um, the season pass for festival because it gives you like nine songs or something. Um, and I might do that for the next one. Depends on the songs because I like the songs on this one. But yeah, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the, the music tracks and like the car cosmetics and the... Um, the, well, the Lego stuff comes with costumes, but the, the cars cost way too much. Um, yeah. And I think the, the music tracks probably cost way too much. Um, but yeah, Fortnite. It's my runner-up. So Sonic Superstars and Fortnite are our runner-ups, which leaves a whole swath of games for next week and the week after in the top 10 plays of 2023. But for right now, Robert, would you say we've done an episode? Yeah, that should pretty much wrap up this week. All right, we want to thank you guys so much for listening. Please follow us on Exit Markers on the Map and listen to us on Apple and Spotify. Any five-star ratings and reviews help. We'll be back next week with the top ten plays of 2023, part one. What will they be? You'll have to listen to find out. And we do like to end each episode with a remastered famous video game quote. And this week's is, you know, Ellie, we really are the Street Fighter Three new generation remastered. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Later.